The voluntary reaction is a safe space where known dullards gather to drink from the keg of glory or drown in the pool of despair. All opinions, takes, questions, criticisms, and insults cannot and will not be held against a speaker after a 24-hour cooling-off period. Please listen accordingly. And good afternoon, and here we go with another edition of your voluntary reaction on a beautiful Saturday in East Tennessee as Tennessee comes from behind down double digits in the second half to win at Georgia. 85 to 79 is your final. And Bear, it is always good to go down to Athens and beat those toothless, gutless, brainless, dickless maggots from Georgia. Oh, this one's sweet. Oh, it's incredible, man. They really thought they were going to win. And 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 for uh, uh, Tennessee to to be able to to yank uh, little Mikey White's uh, jockeys from the back of his pants and yank him up over his head, it's just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Wow. You know it, and it and it looked bad there for a little minute. But you know, I've been harping on defense this week. I thought it was the defense that let us down. I know that Triple J and Vescovy are developing a disturbing penchant to no show, but offensively anyway. But I've almost come to expect that Tennessee, uh, Georgia had seventy-two points in the game with seven minutes to go, and I tweeted about this. I was like, "Man, we have lost our identity." Yeah as a defensive basketball team. And, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and take credit for this one because they I, somebody must have read my tweet, gotten word to Coach Barnes, like, hey, you guys aren't playing defense. And then they did because the rest of the way, the final seven minutes of the game, they only have seven points. And Davey Hudson, I'm convinced that's what won it for Tennessee. Yes, Dalton Connect is, is amazing. 36 points, 12 of 20 shooting from the field. He was a uh, – he put us on, our, on his shoulders at the end, but in my mind, uh, and I'm hoping that Tennessee rediscovered their lost identity in the closing minutes of this game and that we won't see us, you know, just getting lit up like that. It was really frustrating. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of with you in that same boat, as far as like putting something out there that you just think with the way things are going, it's like, this is going to be that narrative. And and for me, it was, this team can't win on the road. Um, I know we're still early as far as games are playing on the road. We've had a lot of neutral side games, but Wisconsin before today was the only road game you've won on the season. And you looked rough in some of the other ones. You talk, you talk about uh, going on the road to North Carolina. We remember how much of a debacle that was. And then this past earlier this week, you just, this team just kind of looked flat at times against Mississippi state. And really, uh, Russ, I I know uh, as far as the first half was going at one point, I mean, you're up 42 to 28 and you don't score for the final four minutes once you hit that under four timeout. And then Georgia just came out in the second half, continued to to keep things moving. And it just was one of those things where you're just like, I don't know like what this team's issues are, but it was just so frustrating and infuriating to watch. But they clamped down late. And I, I, I'm probably a little off on this, but I think the final run for Tennessee ended up being 24 to four. Yeah, Georgia, by six. Georgia scored their last field goal was the Blue King three uh, with five minutes left. And, and, I mean, it, it's also great that Georgia had their best three-point shooting performance of the season, and you're still able to win. Yeah, they were uncovered. Oh, they were throwing them in. Was, yeah, they finished 14 of 33 from three-point range, but they were 14 of 28 at one point, so they missed their last five. 
as Tennessee did a much better job of getting their hands up. Uh, my God, I mean, Dalton Connect, <laughs> enjoy enjoy this year, folks, because uh, obviously we've only got him, we're renting him here, and uh, he is fabulous, you know, um, just getting everything for us, money at the free throw line, that rise up three when we were, uh, I guess, down one or whatever it was, was one of those, I don't know about this. Oh, yeah, great shot, great shot. That was, <laughs> he had some moments, man, but offensively just put us on his shoulders and um like dane bradshaw said sec player of the week right there i mean 25 the other night 36 whatever he finished with tonight pretty good it was it was very frustrating to watch this team kind of struggle there i guess between the the last 10 of the first half the second 10 or the yeah the last 10 of the first half and the first 10 of the second half but this was one of those things where you actually saw Rick Barnes start to make some adjustments and we're like, quit shooting. We're just going to go inside. And Tennessee did dominate in the paint. We outscored them 36 to 18 in the paint. And a lot of that came late of just like, we're going to have Dalton Connect take it to the hole. That Jonas uh, very quietly had one of his best games ever here 10 points, 15 rebounds. I can't remember how many blocks. He registered five blocks. Yeah, that's a pretty good stat line. Let's get some speakers in here, and we'll start with Stevie. Stevie boy, jump in. What's up, man? <laughs> you feeling good, Stevie? Oh, what a game, Russell. What a game. Who thought we were going to lose that game today? Me. 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 <laughs> Hey, is that is that the difference this year? Because I think any other year we lose that game, but is Dalton Connect uh, the difference in that? Seeing as he had 36 points, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. I think that's... Heck of a take there, Dave. Yeah, great take, Davey. I think that's why you bring him in, though, for these situations <laughs> where we get closed like last year in these situations. Yeah. I mean, it would have been a nice last year, you know, and, like we're down five or six points and... Like, uh, oh, we have uh, poor man Larry Bird over there. Let's just send him in to score all the points. That would have been great, Stevie. Brilliant analysis. <laughs> I'm picking on you. I'm picking on you. What a hey. day. What a game. Hey, I, um, I got a few things. Uh, first of all, I think you okay. saw Rick Barnes learn his lesson from Wednesday night when Connect got handed the ball in the last five minutes. And the team learned as well. You know, they were – it was Connect's game at the, in the last three or four minutes. Um, my other thing is, I'm not a Josiah Jordan James hater. I want to clarify that. However, did you notice who wasn't on the field on the floor in those last six or seven minutes when we came back? I mean, Triple J, man. It, like from a, the last two games, Triple J and Vescovy, they've not really been able to contribute much on the offensive end, and that's, I think, a big part of why we've seen this team struggle. I will give Vescovy credit. Dalton Connect, I think it was Connect, it might have been Ziegler, missed that free throw. Adu got the offensive board, kicked it out to Vest. He knocked down the three, cut it to five, and that's when you're like, oh, here we go. Yeah, I think uh, I think is a nice guy of BFL, but like I said at the beginning of the year, I mean, he just – I think Meshack deserves his minutes, or at least some of his minutes. Stormtrooper did what Stormtrooper did. Um, I'm way out, Davey. What do you think about this Titans head coaching job? Go ball! On uh, Meshack, real quick, for 
before Titans Dave starts pontificating. I was, I was Meshack, actually going to go off on Triple J for a bit, but go ahead. I was going to say, Meshack, you know, that was kind of a, you know, he picked up two fouls early. This was a Doug, Doug Shaw special day. I thought there should have been a foul called right off the tip when uh, they shoved Vescovy and they turned the ball over. Um, but uh, Jemai picked up two fouls, and then I don't think he played the rest of the first half. I, and I'll say this, too. I might get some pushback, but, you know, outside of these last two games, Triple J's been your best player this season. I, I don't know what the, the issue's been once we've kind of hit this, this stretch to start SEC play, but I'm hoping he finds his way and – if if he gets back to playing like he was earlier in the year, like we're going to continue to continue to see this team do great because Connect's finally hitting that stride again, where he he'd gone in that scoring slump and looked like he'd gotten into the doghouse a little bit. But right now, it's imperative that you you pulled this one out. You don't go down one to two in the conference standings. You're two and one. It keeps everything in front of you, and it's not like Georgia and Mississippi State are going to finish with some of the top teams. So we still got some tests ahead, but. Yeah, you needed to at least split this weekend, and ultimately we were able to go down to Stegman and, and pull out a gut check win. Rare win in the Steg. Rusty is next. What's up, Rusty? Well, it just seems obvious to me that, you know, old man Barnes has ruined Dalton Connect already. <laughs> he broke him. Yep. Like everybody was saying, you know, it wasn't going to take long. He would ruin him. He would have had 50 tonight if Barnes had just loosened the choke collar a little bit there, Rusty. That's right, yeah. Uh, it's all Barnes' fault. He's not averaging 48 a game. So, uh, I don't know if anybody noticed, but from about, I guess it was that seven-minute mark when that when uh, Kane, Kane hit the three, they uh, connect, played point guard the rest of the ball game. Literally, and I don't mean that like he got the ball top. He, he literally took the ball anytime we had it under their basket and brought it up court. He was our point guard. We have we have a new point guard apparently in crunch time, so everybody can stop worrying about our backup point guard. I guess I guess it's number three when needed. That was interesting, wasn't it? It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Not, not not a lot of strategery involved there. It's like, yeah, let's just let our big guy come up. I love the pick, and I mean the the play where Connect left his feet and like I it was we're just not going to guard Adu wide open in the uh, middle of the lane. Yep. Um, that was that was big time, but I mean, sometimes simpler is better. It makes it easier for everybody. There's there's a reason why pretty much the entire NBA just runs somebody who's really good with the ball in their hands and is a really ridiculously good score. That th they run ball screen offense for them, and the other three guys just space the court. That's that's what everybody does. It's because it works, and it's really hard to defend. And once once you got a guy like Connect who can handle, pull up, drive, all that stuff, and then you set a ball screen for him. He's going to get doubled, and your your center is going to get a whole lot of dunks. It's it was beautiful to watch. I think Davey was right that that rebound by Adu on the missed free throw, then the Santi three. That was the maybe the biggest moment in the ball game. Um, I thought the giving up the nine zero run in the first half is is that that's a I don't want to say it's all on the coach, but it's a little bit on the coach. You can't let that happen, and and I know it was because Santi and Mayshak both had two fouls and we're not going to dare play them in the first half if they got two fouls but it was we we get the steal go up 14 um Ganey subs in Ganey immediately fouls them we go to the under um 
I guess it was the under four timeout, under or under eight timeout. And uh, Ganey stayed on the court because those two guys were having to sit. And th- there goes your run. I felt like we should have got got a better lineup on the court. And, and Barnes didn't do that and let us let, let them have some life and let them have all the momentum going to the locker room. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, full disclosure, guys, I, I missed the first half again today. So uh, I don't know if problem. No, no, we're on the two game losing skid here. And sorry to hear that. I, I might be on the hot seat. So, Fire uh, Russell Smith. <laughs> Fire Russell so, Smith. My God. Yeah. Come on, man. Get your tough, shit together. Man. It's tough. Yeah. Um, no, th- down the stretch, um, it, Josiah is the only guy we really have that can play the power forward position. Um, but it was it was a nice change up to, to go really small, basically is what we did, and played Meshack at, at that position. And Adu, I think you're right. I think I think this game today for Adu was way better than the Ole Miss game where he scored whatever 20-something it was. or th- The games earlier in the year where he was scoring in the high 20s, this kind of performance is way more important for us because that's going to be the kind of performances he's able to give us against quality opponents. And blocking shots, getting switched out on their point guard and blocking a shot late, forcing a forcing a twenty or forcing a shot clock violation. I, th- I thought he was brilliant. Triple J's going to bounce back, guys. He'll be okay. He's going to he he's going to get out of this two game funk. He'll be fine. Y'all be good. Thank you, Rusty. Appreciate it. I never did answer Stevie's question. Um, I mean, right now, they're still going through interviews. Uh, you look at it yesterday, we know that they've interviewed with uh, Brian Callahan and Mike Kafka. The The big thing right now is I don't anticipate any other candidates really coming into the fold. Pretty much who's been requested is it's going to be one of those guys. There was a report today that, well, I think Antonio Pierce is supposed to interview either today or tomorrow with the Titans, but another report uh, came out this morning that he is the leading candidate to be the uh, Raiders' next head coach. So I think it's really going to come down to uh, Bobby Slowick, um, Mike Kafka, and Brian Callahan. They're going to go with a young offensive coordinator is, is the way things are looking. I know a lot of people want them to get into the Jim Harbaugh sweepstakes, but I just don't see that being the case. They want somebody that is willing – is, is, is willing to collaborate. Yes. And that I think there's collaborate, collaborate that would want uh, more control. Like you said, more personnel decision-making authority. So what, uh, what about uh, Ben Johnson? Are we just like, is, is, is he going to have his pick? We don't think we're sexy enough to pick him up. He's still in there. I mean, the only thing though, and it's where I'm kind of just like, you look at him and Slowick, they're not going to be able to interview for a bit because there's those teams are still in the playoffs. So I just hope it's like one of those situations where the Titans just don't move too fast. And they're just yeah. like, we're going to go ahead and just get these guys right oh. now. I'd love for them just to hold off. Cause I mean, those are two, again, two other uh, young coordinators. Um, I think Ben Johnson's 37 and uh, Slowick, I know is 36. So either one of those guys, I, I know, Mayo just became the youngest head coach in the NFL at 37. I, I mean, I'm not sure on exactly their birth dates, but I mean, there's a chance Titans actually just go ahead and be like, all right, we're going to get the youngest guy in here as well. Wow. Every time you guys say Ben Johnson, I, I immediately picture the roided out Canadian sprinter. Remember that guy, Russ? Yeah. Yeah. 
He was the fastest man in the world for about two days until they figured out he was on all sorts of horse steroids. Holy. His eyeballs had veins. So Mike Kafka, that's that's an interesting one. I need to read, like, on the surface of it, you know, the Giants have been pretty awful. But I guess I would give him a little bit of leeway in that I don't think Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. And he got hurt this year. It seems like there's a lot of also internal dissension on that coaching staff. He was with the uh, Chiefs and with um, Andy Reid. So he's he's from that tree, I suppose. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I really – I'm curious where they're going to go. The, the one thing I don't know is, is just like what are these relationships that Rand has with these guys? And, again, we still don't know how much – of a decision this is going to be. I mean, we're, we're under the impression Amy Adam Strong's going to be like, no, this is the guy. And then Rand's like, all right, I, I agree or whatever. But it's. Who is the guy from San Francisco that Rand's worked with? Bobby Slowick. How many times am I going to have to tell you this, Barry? I don't know. There's like five goddamn names, Russ. Well, you've asked me that at least five bastard. times in the past week. I mean, there's, uh, uh, how many coaching search? I mean, we had the the Alabama. Thing. I got multiple coaching searches going on right now. I, I think Dan Quinn will ultimately end up in uh, Seattle. I, I think that's what's going to happen up there. Uh, if if the Raiders go with Pierce, it I, sounds I like they are. A, it's not official, but I I think like Las Vegas would be a good fit for Braves, but I don't really know where he likely ends up if, if that doesn't happen. Cause I still think if, if I had to predict how things are going to end up, Jim Harbaugh goes to the chargers, Bill Belichick ends up in Washington. And I think Pierce gets promoted in Vegas. And, and so it's like now another name to, to watch out for. There's some reports that Mike Tomlin might take a year off. If that's the case, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers go out and hire Mike Rabel. Mike Tomlin might get a gap year. Jamie Utah will be uh, overjoyed. Our, our Jamie Utah suspension should be over Monday, Bear. You he, think so? He suspended us, yeah. It's a three-game three show suspension. I'm pretty tore up about it. Let's get Anthony in here next. Anthony, you're on voluntary reaction. Go ahead. If you don't know, now you know. Connect, put on a fucking show. Let's go, guys. Come on. That was like the biggest win of the year. Connect foe. Connect foe. Man, we have not. Guys, I ain't going to lie. I was ready to get on here and burn it down. And he he carried us. We haven't had a player like him in five years since Grant Admiral left. A guy that can can carry the team and carry us down the stretch. Um, I think Barnes showed a, a really good adjustment at the end of the game. If you remember the Mississippi State game, Ziegler took that three at the end. It wasn't going to be none of that today. Connect took the ball up the court. It was his game. Definitely managed the end of the game much better. I, I think uh, Mississippi State's a better team than Georgia. But this was a more hostile environment. Way, I mean, they way, had their crowd way more, way more into it. So, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of a trade-off there. It's just so good to see Connect get it going. And here, here's the thing, man. We will lament Vescovy and Triple J, whatever's going on there. 
but I would expect them to play better at home next week. So I kind of expect them to bounce back. Unfortunately, also kind of expect them to kind of come and go throughout the season, which is frustrating. If we're relying on Vescovy and Triple J, like we have been, I guess, for the last four or five years, we do not win. <laughs> we do not win that game today. We this this group of guys has not shown that they can win close games on the road. That's why I think today's game was was so big. Uh, this is the first time I can remember us winning a close SEC road game since our SEC opener last year at Ole Miss. Hmm. Mm. It's a big one. Yeah, it's a big one. Uh, I know I'm talking a lot. I got a lot to say. This game got me real hype. Um, going back to what Rusty, going back to what Rusty said a few minutes ago, guys. The whole game changed. I know you didn't see it. We were up 14 with four minutes to go in the first half, and we come out of a timeout with Ganey, Dillion, Awaka, and Triple J. And then the whole game, the whole game turned. I don't even think we scored the rest of the half from that point on. Yeah, that's a that's a rotation we probably don't need to see again. And you know, I I know we had some guys with two fouls, but I'd much rather have a player pick up his third foul than give up a fourteen point lead on the road. And I'd never had what seen Blue Kane before. Say it again. Yeah, yeah, just say it again. You were breaking up on my end. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Um I don't even I don't even remember I don't even remember what oh, I said. About blue? <laughs> uh I never had seen Blue Kane before until tonight. I didn't know that dude was so damn ugly. God uh, well, a personal appearance is never show fodder, <laughs> first of all. Why didn't we recruit him? He was uh he it it wasn't because Tennessee didn't want him. Okay. Um First, he's a Duke legacy. I think his dad was – it wasn't in basketball. Um, he wasn't golf. good enough for Duke to take him. But, he, yeah, he wasn't – fuck you, Davey. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't Duke good getting, enough for Tennessee Duke getting to take offer. I mean, you say we didn't want him, but he, he was committed to Georgia Tech at first, and then he was committed to Georgia. So, no, I mean, he wasn't a high enough recruiter. I'm like, wish him luck, and he had a great game against us today, but – we're recruiting higher caliber athletes than him. Yeah, like Ganey. <laughs> I, I, I'd never had seen Blue Kane before. I mean, I, I just – I was assuming a completely different person. And What did you expect? Well, I expected a – honestly, I expected well, well, a – darker a, complexion? Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I expected. Yeah, I, okay. I was not expecting what I saw tonight uh translucent white boy with a man bun <laughs> that's right uh, <laughs> uh y'all were talking about uh the the coaching search thing for a minute i think uh i think you're right i think pierce is going to stay with the raiders if i'm not mistaken didn't max crosby basically say that if you don't if you don't resign pierce then i'm not resigning with the raiders I, yeah. I don't know if that's the case but you can't you can't do that if you're an organization you got to hire the right guy it's not like Max Crosby's a great player, but it's not like if I don't have him, it's the difference between me making the Super Bowl and not making a Super Bowl. You got to get a yeah, guy but, that's going to be able to stru- uh, set that program up for a year. Yeah, time. but Davey, it wasn't just Max Crosby. Apparently, it's it's you know I don't know if it's trauma bonding over all of them suffering under that moron Josh McDaniels or what, but you know it's just one of those. The whole damn team loves a guy. Well, they turned yeah. the whole season around. I mean. 
as much as you They're could. Playing they hard. played really good down the stretch, yeah. I, yeah. And I think part of the reason why they got rid of Pete Carroll was because they were afraid if they didn't that Dan Quinn was going to get hired away. Here's what I'll say. If if you're them, you might be upset that they don't hire Antonio Pierce, but Mike Vrabel's known as a player's coach. I doubt you're going to get a lot of guys like, oh, man, we got Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel, outside of Jim Harbaugh, is the best coaching candidate available um, for, for this go-around. So I don't think there would be a whole lot there. The other tie-in is, remember, Tom Brady's getting involved with the Raiders organization in an ownership capacity. Brady and Vrabel are still boys, so – I'm just saying that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, hundred percent sure on that. I read a big article this week about. Like, I'm sure that they're not. They're like him and Braves. Apparently, it was this whole thing. The whole article was about how much Brady hated him when, uh, when he was with, when they were it played together the Patriots. They're, they're still close from what I hear. I would push back on you a little bit, Davey. I think. I think I would rather – I know he's not proven, but I like going with an offensive-minded head coach. Uh, I think I would – my number one candidate would be Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson's never won a game before, so that might work out for you, but Rabel's a proven commodity. You just can't – he's just going to have to know the situation of I'm not going to have full authority over the team. You have a general manager in place that is someone he can work with. And, again, he might he might not want the job, but – I. I, I just can't like there. I, I believe the stat was in the last two decades, no underdog coach has been better in the NFL than Mike Vrabel. So that's the weirdest part about this whole fucking deal is if we hadn't just fired Mike Vrabel, he'd be who we would all be clamoring for if he was available right now. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I, I mean, like, he, think, he's yeah. a great coach. He is. It's just, it kind of, it all comes back to are you going to give him full autonomy over the roster, which I don't think the Raiders would do, but he's in a position, he got fired. He's going to have to, I guess, lower his standards a little bit on that. No, he's probably not going to get it. I just can't see a situation where he's not hired by somebody. Oh, I've fig- figured from the beginning he might end up down in Atlanta. With Arthur Blank. I, I made that comment about um, Belichick. I could see him going to the commanders. I, I meant to say right now there's a lot of smoke between Bill and Atlanta. Atlanta looks like they're they're wanting to go for somebody that's actually proven. So they got a lot of talent right now to work with. So Hell, Vrabes could go to Washington, draft Caleb Williams, and I don't know. Would that well, the, the other thing for Vrabel – I see Vrabel teaming back up with Arthur Smith, and that's when the Titans were at their best. Anthony, thanks for jumping in. Going to get some other folks in here. Let's talk to Austin. What's up, Austin? Austin, turn your mic on. I've got the wheel on my end. Wheel in the sky keeps on turning. Yeah, that's sad. I hate it when it's so many requests right off the bat, too. Let's give it a second because, oh, no, he, he really does have the wheel. All right. Uh, Austin, try and jump back in. We'll get Roberto next. What's up, Roberto? Uh, we were within one point of the line for that game today at the end of it. Can you believe that? After all that mess, one point off the uh, over under, or not the over under, the uh, – 
Tennessee, I think, was favored by six and a half or seven at tip. Isn't that crazy? These guys know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I just it, it was such a mind-boggling. I turned it off until the last five minutes because I just couldn't deal with it anymore personally. I I get too invested in this, and you know, you I think I can't remember who said it. They said it's a little bit on the coach. It may have been Bear that said it. I can't remember, but but it is a little bit on the coach. And it was Rusty actually that said it. How do you how do you allow a team to score fifteen straight points over the of over a four minute and 22 second period without calling a timeout. I just I boggles him. He's never going to do it. Is he Russ? I'm not here to complain about a loss or a yeah. win, but, but it feels like, like why? Well, Does he just mean, today, play when we're going with connect, you know, just have the ball in his hands. I guess you don't want to give little Mikey white a chance to set something up to defend that. I was fine. I mean, it worked out fine today. Yeah, I guess I guess you just can't. I was talking about the the run that Georgia made before halftime. I don't know if that's oh, what you. I didn't. I, I did not see that run. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry. Yeah, we looked like ass for about four minutes, and Rick Barnes refused oh, to call timeout. And he just let a lead of. He just did the Rick Barnes. Yeah, did the Rick Barnes. Well, he was on the officials, but we didn't get any calls today. It was unbelievable. Uh, Dalton Connect, I mean, if he's not SEC Player of the Week, we're not going to have one this year. Um, I was very pleased overall with the effort of the team, especially in the last 10 minutes, or I should say the last six minutes defensively. I just thought that they were incredible uh, defensively. Um, and, you know, there's there's a lot to whine about and complain about, but there's also a lot to be happy about. Guys, we went down to Stegman and won, as Bear said, which we never do. And beyond that, we played pretty awful for about 23 to 24 minutes of that game. And we won. Against a team who hit 14 threes at home with clearly having the officials, you know, being affected by the crowd and giving them more calls. Yeah, man, I mean, it's frustrating. You know, they had Tennessee just scrambling. I mean, just so many wide open looks from three in the, in the second half. And um, they did a better job of shutting that down towards the end. Yeah. Well, um, I, overall, overall, you can't be mad about going one and one this week either. I had a friend tell me that we're not a top five team because we went one and one this week. And I'm like, last time I checked everybody, but UConn in the top five lost a game this week. And at best, and Kansas may may lose again here in a second. So, I don't know. Are we are we a top five team, Russ? That's really why I called it, wanted to get on here. Do you think we're a top fringe top five team, two seed or better? Uh, right now, I mean, there are so many people who watch so much more college basketball than me, better qualified. I mean, I I think we're pretty damn good. I think we're probably a top ten team. I mean, the metrics seem to bear that out, but I, I like I just haven't. I haven't seen many of these quote-unquote top teams other than Purdue and Kansas when we played them. And I, I think we're right there. I think they're mm -hmm. probably a little bit better than us, but I think we're not far off. I would say we're well, top ten. I wouldn't say we're top five. Okay. So we're still a two-seed in your opinion? Because if we finish yeah. top ten this year, we're going to be a two-seed. I, I mean, right well, now. The thing I, is, I think we've got – how many more SEC losses do you think we have? 
that we to get a two seed bear? No. Or, how many more you think we're going to lose in the SEC? Oh, I don't know. At least at least four, maybe well, five. You're looking at being on the two. If you lose five, you're looking solidly at that three three line. Yeah. No, I thought we had to go fourteen and four. It's well, on. Did you? It also like, just depends on how everybody else does, and I mean, we we've seen a lot of change in just how the conferences are shaken up, and uh, I, I I probably agree with you, Bear, but I I do think there's a lot still left to be played out from a lot of these other teams, and it, it's one of those things where I mean, like last year, UConn wasn't just absolutely dominating at this time, and everyone's like, yeah, they're 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 the odds-on favorite to win the national championship. I, I mean, hell, who knew that it was going to be like seven mid-majors and or however many double-digit seeds it was and then fucking UConn. It, it's just going to be a grind each and every week. I mean, you look at it right now, uh, there's a minute left in Kentucky's game. They're down at, uh, down by four. A minute in the first, the first half. A&M was actually favored in that game. Did you guys know that? I did not. A&M? Yeah, they're a two-point favorite. Yeah, I really expected a lot more out of them this year. I thought they were going to be really, really good right out of the gate. And they've 0-2 in the conference, 9-6. and I, They play hard. They play hard, though. That'll be that'll be a hard-fought game. It doesn't impact hard. this year, but I did just see a report come out that um, V.J. Edgecombe, who's the consensus five-star, number five player in the country on almost all sides, just he's announcing tomorrow – and he just said he was down to three schools, and Kentucky is no longer uh, a finalist, according to a couple of reports. So that's good. Good. Screw Kentucky. Well, guys, thanks for the time. I hope you guys have an awesome Saturday. Thank you, you Roberto. Roberto. You as well. I mean, these. It, the other thing I think, and it's just it, I don't know that it's uh, teams are playing bad on the road. It's really hard to win on the road in the SEC. I don't know why this year – already early on seems to be even more uh, pronounced. Hard to win on the road, but I'll tell you what, Dalton Connect has had his best performances on the road. He went for, this is courtesy of Grant Ramey, by the way, 24 at Wisconsin, 37 at North Carolina, 28 at Mississippi State, and 36 today at Georgia. So the road don't phase DK. No, no, it sure doesn't. Boy, if he gets, if he even thinks he's got that step, he's got a step on you. The way I love the way he just goes straight, he just accelerates straight to the rack. He's got such nice touch on those. Let's try Austin again here. Austin, are you there? Y'all hear me now? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, yeah, got you, man. I swear, Tennessee basketball takes years off my life more than even football does sometimes. <laughs> Great. I mean, good night. Can we just have a a game that is just easy start to finish, you know, just relaxing and enjoying a Saturday morning? Does it always have to be this? Does it always have to be this way, Russell? Evidently. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's, you know, I... Is it frustrating at times to watch? Sure, but like Bear just said, I mean, winning on the road in this league, it's it's been this way for a couple of years, man. It's it's hard. Oh yeah. And um, so when the, when it happens and you you end up winning like this, particularly when you don't always play your best, man, you just, just savor it and move on. Hopefully, 
You know, here's the thing. We got two tough ones this week, Florida and Alabama coming cool. in here. So got to got to win these ones, man. And if you win these next two, people aren't going to worry about, you know, losing at Mississippi State and then struggling a little bit today. It'll be right back on schedule. Everybody will be drinking the Kool-Aid. Oh, we're a top 10, top five borderline team, you know. So um, it's well, just chalk to ride these basketball, you know, two games a week and there's ups and downs and you just got to get, you know, you can't get too overly emotional about one bad performance. Yeah. I also think Austin that we're as, as fans, we're still kind of transitioning out of uh, football and into basketball. And I think that's why, you know, everybody, and it was a, you know, we shouldn't have lost to Mississippi state, but I mean, it is what it is. Four out of the five, four out of the top five lost on, you know, and, like 36 hours so yeah no I, but russ is right we just need to get back on track hopefully win these next two and keep it rolling 100 percent. and you know i didn't get a chance to call into mississippi state but um i kind of looked at that so i didn't really get to watch the game either just because of work and stuff but i just looked at the box score and i was like well if vescovy and triple j are combining for los or are scoring in the low single digits themselves, you know, we're probably not going to win many games when they do that. And then by God, we go and win a game when they do that. Uh, Dalton connect is the truth. And um, just give him the ball every single time. I don't, uh, I don't care. You know, he can occasionally kick it out or what have you, but like just run it all through him. And I think they're, we're starting to realize that that's the case. And hopefully we just keep doing that going forward. And, let him let him get that to that status that we all know he can let him cook yeah let dk cook good stuff austin anything else not today but um the great satan has has perished <laughs> um uh y'all know i live in the unfortunate state of alabama uh and it's uh people are people are down in the dumps there they are not they're not taking it well even with the new hire, I think, you know, no one's going to compare to that guy. And we've got to take full advantage. We got the recruit today out of the tight end. Uh, need to just take full advantage of this situation, get us into that playoff this year. Tennessee sports are looking up, so we just got to keep on keeping on. Thanks, man. Good stuff. Appreciate hey. it. Uh, Tennessee gets a commitment, to, yeah. uh, I guess, late last night from miles kittlesman he's a transfer tight end from alabama and i mean i think it's a good pickup because you're just kind of short on bodies in there and you're you know if if stays gets hurt or isn't what you thought he would be and you know ethan davis was hurt all year this year like he didn't play much so uh, you just need some more options there this guy looks like he has one maybe two years if he goes for an appeal so it seemed like kind of a safe take a flyer on a guy like I don't know that they're expecting this guy to come in and set the world on fire or anything like that but they felt like they needed another option at tight end do you play no, this year the, the yeah I'm not sure how much he played but the this was the guy he was he's a juco he was a juco guy yeah before Bama and he was like everybody went not you know what a steal Alabama got and he was supposed to be 
a lot more productive at Alabama than he than he was. He's, but he's from Kansas. Went to Hutchinson for a year, and then went to Alabama. I think the story I read today, he had played in twelve games this year, mostly on special teams. He did play, uh, catch two passes for them. So I mean, he's he's been in some games, and obviously buried on a what I assume is a pretty deep tight end roster at Alabama. I'm I'm looking at this. Yeah, he played six games for Bama in 2022. That's when he had his two catches. He played in 13 games this season, but he did not register any stats. Okay. Huh. He may be more of a blocker. Uh, like I said, I, I, don't, I don't know what to expect in terms of impact. My expectations are not very high, but um, – I mean, it kind of flew under body. the radar. Did need another body there. Hopefully, like I, I think they, they want it to be stays as a star – and, Davis. and Ethan Davis kind of comes in behind him and is the the second guy, but you need a third guy, and I don't think they felt comfortable in either um, the uh, the 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 guy from Africa or the dude from California, the true freshman. So it's another option. Let's get Nolan in here next. What up, Nolan? Yo. Nolan, what's up, man? Great win. Um, this is a game you definitely lose last year. But uh, good teams win on bad days. We definitely fell short uh, against Mississippi State, but uh, at least I'm glad we could do it today because you cannot afford going one and two in SEC play. You just could not. No, well, I mean, it would wouldn't have been the end of the world, but it would have put you in a hole, and and you know the pressure would have continued to mount, and, and you know I'm, I'm sure the sky would be falling on, on the talk shows and everything. But uh, this sort of just gives you a chance to reset. But again, it's, I mean, it's a big week, a couple of tough home games coming up this week, so um, got to beat Florida. We've been pretty good against them at home through the years, and. Um, had a big win against Alabama at home last year. Got to keep that going. But, I mean, they've been they've been a much harder basketball opponent than Florida has been through the past couple of years for some reason. Well, we beat them with their best three-point shooter quite literally last year. So, they don't have that this year. So, and uh, also, for all the talk about Triple J and Vescovy just disappearing, what, like, what is going on with Ganey? He has been a complete no-show for – I want to say at least a month at this point. He's struggling. He's struggling. I mean, I, I, the simple answer is, I just, you know, he's not on the level of some of the other guards on our roster. But um, I mean, he's, you know, he's 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 struggling to make the adjustment right now. But I, I'll tell you this: one name we haven't mentioned today, guys, that deserves credit is Ziegler. I mean, he's absolutely. He's, he's been. Oh, awesome. yeah. What was his stat line, David? Yeah, I know he finished with 18. He ended up with 18 points, five rebounds, five assists, two steals, and six turnovers. The worst thing they did was uh, they were doing an awful lot of shimmying and shamming today. And it was early in the first half. I hate you, Rush, you got to go back and watch it. But like Ziegler wasn't like fully locked in, like Ziegler. And then. Some guy, one of those guys, said something smart to him. And yeah, he started mouthing back. Yeah, Ziggs gave him a suck my, you Ooh, know. I love it when Ziggs talks my, trash. 
it was, and then, it was one and then of he things proceeded where, to go off. Yeah, I mean, I think Shouse had a bad call there. The other thing, too, in this game, I think you had multiple situations where there were fouls called where zero contact was occurred. That's, that's just that, and then they would, it, what made it worse for me. And I keep going back to it, the opening tip. Like I was just dumbfounded because I felt like the guy just kind of shoved a Santee and he was going to go back in the backcourt. And then he threw that weird looking pass and it just went straight out of bounds. No, and you mentioned Ganey. One of the things that I, I think is still remarkable. What if I told you right now that on the season, Jordan Ganey's averaging 8.1 points a game and Santiago Vescovi's only averaging 7.8. You're joking. That's a real stat. Yep. Vescovi's getting eight more minutes a game as well. Mm. Yeah, but Ganey had several huge games there at the beginning of the season. That's skewing your numbers there a little bit. It is, but that's but that's the He's, other thing, too. He went you ice the, cold. You look at the bench play, and we kind of thought we'd be in a good position. I thought Freddie DeLeon gave you some decent minutes today as your, as your backup point guard. But, I mean, if, if Ganey's not scoring, you don't really have much of a scoring threat coming off the bench, and that's whenever you're having to rely on really connect and Ziegler just to for back-to-back games to pretty much be your only offense outside of a few chip-ins here or there from uh, Jonas. Yeah. Mayshack wasn't a threat offensively today. Well, he didn't. He had to sit most of the first half. He did have one. He did have a big three early. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was just it, that stretch. And it started with, uh, like, I think DeLeon needs, if he's going to, he needs to get him minutes with the, not with a wacky rotation like you put him in there with, but, you know, more of the, the starters. But he, I felt like, you know, he got Russell, uh, he was just kind of loose, lo- loose with the ball. And then Awako scored, what, three straight baskets. And then it, he went to the witness protection program for the rest of the game. Uh, Davey, like, I just, I, I want to just transition to the Titans real quick. You, you would agree that the Titans, they needed a change in offensive philosophy. And, uh, look, as much as I love Rabel, I just don't see that ever happening with Mike Rabel. And if we end up getting a really good coach like Brian Callahan or or uh, Mike Slowick or the guy from AM, I mean, who, who can maybe create an exciting offense that can – get over the hump of 28 points. I, I would get rid of Tim Kelly tomorrow. I would get rid of him tomorrow. I, I mean, isn't it all worth it? Uh, what I would say is, I mean, Vrabel, the, the offensive style, if you're wanting more pass happy, then yeah, you're probably glad that that, that tenure is coming to an end as far as, you know, just really spreading it out, seeing more of this. But I didn't think Tim Kelly did a bad job. I thought Tim Kelly had some really good game plans this year. It's just, I did have a lot of issues with Todd Downing last year, but this year you could just tell early on that we just didn't have the horses. This offensive line can't block. Your your quarterback's always under duress. I, I do think this is probably Derrick Henry's best season as a Titan in the fact that he managed to finish second in the NFL in rushing yards behind this offensive line. That is an incredible feat, and it's just one of those things to where, you know, you can't keep a quarterback healthy. You're trying to get a young guy in there. Tannehill, he is what he is. We know that at this point. But I thought, for what it's worth, Tim Kelly did a good job given the pieces he had to work with. And But I would like to see them kind of go more of a 
I'll say a modern style of offense. And Absolutely. I mean, you got Tajay Spears coming back and he's a guy that can, that can do a lot. I, I don't see Henry resigning. I'm not saying it's impossible that he's not on the roster next year. I just see them, see them moving on and going in a different direction. Don't you think he's looking to get a ring? And I mean, I wouldn't blame him. I hope he gets one. But I, wonder I, would, if, like, I would say so. I don't think it's, I don't like he's not going to break the bank. It's, it's definitely going to be a, uh, he wants a ring deal. So, and where so. Mike Vrabel is concerned, wouldn't you think the place for him would be the AFC West? With uh, the if you're if you're look if you're the AFC West, you're a team in the AFC West. You're looking at a coach who's got a good record against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, the kings of the division. And Mike Vrabel definitely has that. And I'll just leave off he, on that. He's got a he's got a really good system as far as being able to stop the Chiefs. But the big thing, whenever you look at their tenure and stopping the Chiefs, the one thing you could do was if you can shut down Travis Kelsey, you're going to have a lot of success. And the Titans at the time when they were doing that, they had Kevin Byard. And Kevin was a safety that could come down and he could guard that guy. And that's why big enough. you saw Tennessee have so much success is because they had a really good pieces that would match up well there. And, I mean, I mean, hell, Malik Willis almost beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead to tell you um, how good of a scheme Brable can do with that team. Uh, whenever he's playing them. But I, I think Rabel, he could be successful anywhere if all he's having to focus on is coaching. But that's that's the big if. Because I sat here and, like, I just – I mean, Bill O'Brien's not gotten another head coaching job after we saw what happened with him in Texas and in Houston. So how much control is he going to want to take a job? I mean, that just all remains to be seen. But I know he wants to coach. I know he's – could you find a team that's so desperate to win that they'll give control to Rabel, though? I don't know. I mean, the NFL so uh, so cyclical, and I think that we're seeing kind of the end of that era of NFL where coaches like Belichick being out with the Patriots, you know, he had, it seemed like, almost total control. Um, and the more successful teams have really good head coaches that – are, are really good at coach, you know, like look San Francisco. No, and there is one team that I think would be willing to do that. But if you're Vrabel, do you want to go to the Carolina Panthers right Ooh, now? Gosh, and no, I don't think anyone wants to go yeah. there. Well, so, I mean, somebody's oh, going to take it. There's only, there's only dealing with that so. guy, Davey. To me, Chargers would be a good fit for Vrabel just because they've got an established good quarterback. Uh, their defense is not terrible by any stretch of the ima- imagination. I could see Vrabel doing pretty well with LA. If if they don't get Harbaugh, I, I could see that happening. I don't think I don't think Harbaugh's leaving. I think he's staying at Mississippi State. Michigan. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. Michigan. I, I, I think I think he's gone, Nolan. Everything I'm hearing, I think he's gone. Oh, uh, really? Hmm. Well, I'll see you guys later. Thanks, Thanks Nolan. Yeah, man. The the one thing that might lead him to stay, he's still going to get punished for a lot of stuff. So it's just, do you want to fight through it? But, I mean, Charlie Baker coming out and saying, Michigan won it fair and square. You might think the NCAA would be a little easier on you, but we just saw him hammer Florida State for some stuff that Michigan's committed a whole lot worse as far as penalties go in that regard. Do you guys feel like it should have an asterisk? Honestly, uh, I don't know, man. 
it's it's kind I of go back and forth. We live in a glass house down here in Tennessee. Throw uh, accusing others of cheating, I guess. So for me, the the one thing that I, I just it's still it's really hard getting past. And I know we joke around about it, but I mean it's straight cockgate. Yeah. Those cocksuckers manipulated the college football playoff last year. That's the thing that I, I think, as a Tennessee fan, I, I'd like to see it addressed at some point. They manipulated. I, I, I think you can't draw a distinction. Like I don't have any problem with Florida State's quarterbacks coach driving a player to meet the NIL. Like, get the hell out of here. Who cares, man? But it is different when you're talking about paying scouts to go on the road and video record hand signals going back deciphering that so that you have the signals like that's that well, seems beyond the pale that seems like really what are come on man <laughs> well for me when it what's beyond the pale is it's one thing to gain your own advantage but when you strategically go out and give it to one team that's playing, you know, two other schools that could conceivably take your spot in the playoff. That's, I mean, they've got to, they've got to address it. I don't know. I like how I just threw that out the cuff and you were so adamant that, that's a long shot. Didn't happen. And now you're just all in on that. Oh, 100%. You sold me. Once you sell me on something, I'll, I'll go to my grave with it usually. I'm highly skeptical of most of your takes. I'm curious, I'm really curious to see how South Carolina does this season. Beamer. Be an interesting year in the SEC, that's for sure. Any one of your random good guy. Oh, go ahead. No. Hey, uh, so the thing that Michigan did that was illegal actually wasn't illegal until about 28 years ago. And the only reason why it is illegal now to scout in person is it gives big power five schools an unfair advantage over smaller schools that could not afford to do it. It's actually common practice up through about 1997. For what that's worth, uh, that's the actual rule that that Michigan violated was sending someone in person. And the only reason why it's legal is because Carson Newman and Appy State can't afford to send somebody to go do it. That's the only reason why that's illegal. If you can do it on video, it's legal all day long. Yeah, but the, the, here's, here's the deal. Just put it, the microphone and the earpieces in the helmets and let's be done with this, man. This is silly. What are you going to say? Didn't they try that out? I thought that they had experimented with that in some bowl games. Yeah, they did. They did. I think, uh, I don't know if the Tennessee game was one of them, but I was watching one of the games. And they said that there were multiple players that had the uh, headsets in their helmets and that they were using the coaching staffs and the players from those teams to provide feedback to the. The story I heard was Tennessee did not want to do it in their bowl game. They had the option of doing it, but Hypel felt like it was too much on Nico because when they signal in the plays, the hand signals, the linemen, the receivers, and the running back, they can all look and see those signals too. 
But if you're just saying the play to Nico, then all of a sudden he's got to tell everybody the play. And so they didn't want to do it. Right. But I, I, and I'm not excusing what Michigan did. They broke the rules, but um, it was not the only reason why it's illegal. What Michigan did is because, like I said, the Carson Newman's and the app states of the world can't afford to send members of the staff to scout in person ahead of time. This was a common practice in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, 80s. It wasn't, it wasn't illegal up until, I think, 94 or 97, if I read correctly. So for what that's worth. Um, Basketball-wise, man, what a gritty, gritty, gritty performance today. Down 11 on the road. The Tennessee teams in the past probably would have folded. Um they just, you know, and they, and it was not an easy comeback from that, like, 11 down. I mean, we'd, we'd cut it to seven. Georgia would turn right back around and be back up 10. And then we'd get it down to eight. They're back up to 10. I mean, you know, we, we pulled that. I guess they said it was a – I think I heard Dane Bradshaw say it was a 14-3 to three run. But we didn't really go on that run until about six and a half minutes left in the game and then got it down – where we were tied with two minutes to go. I mean, that was, that was ballsy. That was really ballsy and uh, hats off to connect, man. I mean, it was almost connect 40 today. Um, he was freaking great. Um, I just wish we could get some consistency out of some other, other players. And you talk about uh, people that we haven't seen what's going on with Estrella. Does anybody know? I mean, I think I saw him on the court for about two minutes today, but what's up with Estrella? Did he actually register? No, he, he didn't register anything. Um, it, it's just, you know, you look at him, Cade Phillips, they wanted to get him some play before conference uh, play started, but there, I guess Barnes just doesn't feel they're ready. And I mean, we've seen some very physical big men that they, they would have to go up against. So I think Barnes is just like, we're just sticking with Adu and Awaka unless it gets to a situation where fouls are um, uh, very and what, being an issue. What's, and if, uh, I what's Tolu Smith going to do to J.P. Estrella? Yeah, he's, 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 he's scrawny. He's, he's like Nico. He, he needs some meat on the bone. I mean, he dominated Tobey Awaka. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing guys like that that are high recruits and then they're not playing. And I guess just in the current environment, I'm worried about those guys throwing up the deuces and heading somewhere else at the end of the season if they're not logging some minutes. Oh, I mean, Adu didn't play a whole lot his first season. And you just look at it. I know, I mean, he's got more playing time and conference play than, than we've seen Estrella get, but I think if you're Barnes, you've you've had that conversation with those guys coming in to where I don't believe they're under the impression. They're thinking, we're starting in these games. We're going to have meaningful minutes. And they, they realize they got to get bigger. And that that is the one thing I feel good about is Barnes' track record with his bigs. And, you know, coming in and developing them and getting them to a place where it's, all right, I know I put in my time for a year or two. Then I'm going to be able to to really go there. And then there's a lot of guys this this year – I thought would probably hit the portal after lack of play last year. I mean, we're not even seeing DJ Jefferson. So I would imagine he's probably gone after this year, but I kind of thought the same thing last year. Freddie DeLeon's getting a little bit more playing time, but it's just, uh, I mean, it's just part of it with uh, college basketball and really just college athletics this day with the transfer portal. Um, Just a couple other quick points and then a a question. Um, 
question I'll ask is uh, when is the expected commitment of that lineman out of LSU? Is that like this weekend? Is the graphic ready yet? We we don't know. Okay. Because uh, I they had him like a 98% lean to Tennessee, and I'm just kind of waiting for that to see if that's going to happen. But I kind of wonder if Mincy didn't feel that that was coming, and that's why he left town. Uh, he committed to Kentucky, right? I, yes, that was fucking great. Enjoy it. Enjoy it, Jerry. Have fun up there. Uh, that was one of the points I was going to bring up. Last point, and I'll, uh, I'll duck out of the way. Uh, you know, as a lifelong Falcons fan, the Titans are welcome to uh, Arthur Smith. Y'all can keep that piece of shit. Talk to y'all later. Go. It's, I, I get it. Uh, the, way he, nice. his, the way his tenure <laughs> went in Atlanta was completely opposite of what we saw in Tennessee. And you his know, just, utter refusal to use uh, his super talented young guys. It's weird. I mean, he made sure Derrick Henry got the ball when he was the uh, OC here. Yeah, I mean, Bijan Smith was the best. You know, they drafted him. What? What? What pick was that? Bijan, I think he was eighth. Um, the, the other thing I will say is he might have been fourth, actually. I can't even remember. But this is just something I've kept. Lamar Jackson is a six-year in the NFL. He has one postseason win. That one win came against the Titans. And in that game, the Titans had one of their worst offensive performances. But the thing was, Arthur Smith was interviewing for the Falcons job pretty much the day before that. And that's one of the reasons the NFL has changed their rules on when you can interview coaches in the playoffs. So that has changed. But the other thing is the Ravens set out Lamar last week. He is a guy that is all about rhythm. He's going to go two weeks without playing a game. And so what I'm saying is bet the house against the Ravens in their, their first game in the playoffs. Heard it here first. I mean, it was the same thing. that Remember the Colts, all those great Colts teams with Peyton? And they, Peyton would always sit out that last week, and then he'd have the – the two week and then how many years did did the Colts get bounced in their first game? There's a lot. I mean, it always goes back to that rest versus rust conversation. How about them canceling that game in Buffalo today? Uh, I mean, I guess what it came down is like mo- I think most of the snow. It was it was a uh, could the fans get there safely, and would it endanger everyone else to divert that much? that many resources just to do the football game. That was scheduled for today, right? Or was that tomorrow? No, it was tomorrow. Tomorrow at 1 Eastern. So they move it back to Monday. Yeah. I mean, you can't even get in the stadium right now. That's why they were offering – we talked about it yesterday. You know? But they aren't canceling that game tonight in Kansas City. You want to talk about dangerous – I wouldn't want to do that. The coldest game I think I ever went to was uh, it's like a Christmas Day game when the Titans played the Steelers, and it was only like 18 degrees, and I thought that was bad. I, I couldn't imagine what what's about to what it's about to feel like in Kansas tonight. What's the temperature at kickoff? All I know is they're expecting wind gusts of uh, with the or the wind chill is going to make it feel like negative 30. <laughs> It's going to be, I think it's, if it gets as cold as it's, as it's forecasted, it's going to be the coldest game ever. 
I went out for my morning walk today, Bear. I was bundled up pretty good, and it was it was only like 35 degrees out, but uh, that wind was in my face, and I threw it in a after about 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, it'll cut right through you. It's also just one of those games where you – I can't imagine the crowd getting loud. Like, they'll find a way, but it's – you know when you're freezing, it's, it's the, the making the noise, it's just – it's it's a different world. Yeah. It, what is the uh, over under on cases of frostbite we get after this game for fans and in, in attendance? I don't know. I feel like if you're going to a game like that, like you aren't. There's no way in hell that you're going to that thing underprepared. Yeah, you're not showing up with a sweater and be like, "Oh man, it's a lot colder than I thought it was." <laughs> what was that story? Uh, Titans Joe told about was it Titans Joe that took Raj down to the state championship game was Esteban. Esteban that, yes. showed up in a t-shirt. Like go buy him a jacket, <laughs> Get him a blanket and a jacket and old Raj. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. I'm bringing some hand warmers. A lot of hand warmers probably being handed out tonight at Arrowhead. Like if you were properly outfitted. Yeah. Like I mean, like, and I'm talking money, no object. You're ready for like a, a an Antarctic expedition. I do think it'd be kind of fun just to stand outside someplace that cold, all bundled up. I'd like to experience it for a minute and then be like, all right, I'm done. Going back into just, the box and ski just, drinking. I mean, yeah, you got yourself a like. big pair, a good pair of long johns on, like some of those snow pants, like snow suits. To like come up with the suspenders like you had when you were a kid, maybe good thick socks, good pair of boots, you know, some long johns, big sweater, big thick down jacket, uh, yeah. you know, good, good toboggan, toboggan hood, warmers in your pockets, scarf, gloves, just go all out, you know? Yeah. And make sure you have like a really good pair of boots, like pack boots, boots that are rated to keep your feet warm. I love the way you say boots. Boots. Need a good sturdy pair of pack boots, Russ. That's what you need. But yeah, I don't know. God, I'd be fucking miserable to play in. Astro Smokey. Uh, hello. Jump in here. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to ask, Bear, uh, can you clarify, when you say cockgate, are you referring to the hypothetical stealing of signs from South Carolina? Is that... Oh, no, it wasn't a stealing of signs. They got a complete... They, I mean, that was pretty much. I mean, I thought that was pretty much reported. Was that they had gotten like a full, a full on package? On Connor Stallions was at the Tennessee game, the Kentucky game in 2022, and he was at a Clemson game. Yeah, they had what there was. There was some tie between Beamer staff and Michigan and. Yeah. Gotcha. No, I knew what it was. I just wanted to make sure that's what you were talking about because whenever No, it was not a Bill Clinton scandal. Whenever this came no, out initially, <laughs> I was called crazy. So I just it's nice to see everyone else agree. No, now. it's it's cock gay. Hey dude, you've got like my you you have I think my favorite Abby out of anybody that comes in and listens to us. Oh well I, I that's incredible. That. Smokey wearing an astronaut spacesuit. I have I have one more question as well. Do you think we'll get to live through one uh, conference game in basketball where it's not insufferable the entire time? <laughs> yeah, yes. it was called Ole Miss. 
You've already we had a bunch of them. They're called home games. <laughs> yeah. We'll hammer somebody. I bet we hammer Florida Tuesday night. It's going to be awesome. Dude, if, if that game had been in Thompson Bowling today, it would have been what? I can't remember who it was. It was a total barrel job. Well, they just what? wanted a, a, a nice, lazy, you know, win pretty much lead by 15 the whole way, kind of never in doubt kind of game. But those only happen at home usually. We had a chance to knock them out too. I mean, you're up 14 there, right at the under four of the first half, and I'm telling you, when he put that, that goofy lineup in, Davy, who was that again? It was DeLeon, Ganey, Awaka. I can't remember. I know Vescovy was in foul trouble. I think you pulled Connect for having a really bad turnover at one point there. I think Jonas was was getting a blow. Ziegler wasn't out there. I don't know who else it would have been? Maybe Triple J. It was probably, I bet you James was out there because it seemed like he, when he was on the court, the bad things were happening. But yeah, I felt like if we could have gotten it to twenty there, they would have. They were getting ready to quit there during that sequence. Davey, what did you think about Kalen DeBoer to Alabama? I think it's a good hire. The only, like, I mean, from just a football standpoint, but the big thing here is, man, you're coming down to a place you've never experienced. And the the, the one comparison that was, was made this, uh, or yesterday on, on the hot mic, um, Withrow brought up the Brian Harson comparisons. And it's just, you know, I think he's a good coach. It's just he never did fit in down there. And that just led to things. And can you be? Is Kalen DeBoer going to be a good president of the of the state of Alabama? That's what you got to ask yourself, because that's what you have to be whenever you're going to be a successful coach down there. Boy, it, um, it, that should be cemented in everybody's head after watching that scene down there. You are that's wild, man. But I, I don't. It, it's one of those things. I don't think like the bottom's ever going to fall out kind of situations. I think it might be a. He consistently goes eight and four, nine and three. They just barely miss the playoffs. And so then after three years, they run you out for that. But it's not, you're never going to be like, man, Kalen DeBoer had a losing season at Alabama. That's that's not something I, I can foresee happening. And it's it's going to be another thing of can you continue to recruit at a high level? I, I know that's one of the things we we always talked about. I mean, I brought that up with Mike Leach all the time. I brought it up with Josh Heupel. He's never been a good recruiter. Uh, but it's like you're going to have resources at Alabama like you did at Tennessee that you just don't have at many other places. So can you make that work there? I don't know what his staff's going to look like, but he's going to have to get some guys that understand the uh, southeastern footprint from the recruiting standpoint there. But it's it's going to be uh, fun to watch, I, I, or I say that now. It's just as far as the experiment goes. Like, but he's, he's a great coach. No one's going to question that. And even if it doesn't work out with Alabama, he's going to go somewhere else and probably in an area that's – not anticipating you going 11 and one or 12 and 0 every year and trying to win a national championship. Now, one thing occurred to me, cause we keep talking about it as a, as a negative with Saban in the office, but something that just occurred to me, knowing that you've got a guy who, you know, who's not a real strong recruiter coming into this conference is, is that something that you keep Saban involved with I, behind I, the scenes? I, I know they're saying they're going to give him an office, but I don't think it's going to be one of those situations where he's Bob Stoops and he's just hanging out there on campus all the time. And I mean, I guess if something were to happen and, you know, you got a coach leave halfway through the 
or, or at the end of the season, it's like, oh, should we bring Saban back out for the bowl game? Like, might see that, but I, I don't, I don't think that's going to be a big deal. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about, um, you know, helping whatever, you know, the the whole their whole recruiting apparatus that's been in place for that he put in place 15 years ago and all that. I just, I don't think he's going to have a hard time recruiting there. I, I mean, I think they'll, they'll have top 15 classes continually, but I don't know if you're going to see them stay top five. I don't, I don't think he's that good of a recruiter. And like some of the shine's going to, going to wear off. I, I get that they didn't have a guy in place. Like they went out and they were just like, we're just going to have the best guy. But, but there are some situations where I do think it, it's beneficial to have that coach in waiting. Like it worked out really well with Florida state and uh, Bobby Bowden to Jimbo Fisher. But, but a lot of places you just struggle to do that. It worked out really well with Bob Stoops to Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. I know they never won a national championship, but I mean, the guy got them into the college football playoff on a couple of occasions and it's been, it was a fun offense for him to watch, but we'll see. I'm curious also with the, the recruiting class, we've seen a couple of decommits. Let's, let's see how that plays out and what this transfer portal looks like. Recruiting still the name of the game. All right. So Tennessee gets the, I won't say improbable, but um, uh, much needed. Looked like it wasn't going to happen there for a while. Comeback win today at Georgia. We play, it's Tuesday night against Florida, right? Yep. Tuesday night game, home against the Gators. Saturday, home game against Alabama, which is going to be a sellout. That's going to be a lot of fun. So it's going to be a fun week of basketball here on Rocky Top. And... um, had Tony Vitello on the show this week, Bear. Baseball just around the corner. 34 days. Maybe the most anticipated Tennessee football season in, since the late 90s. I mean, it's going to be a big year. So we play at 7 Eastern on Tuesday. And then is it another noon on Saturday? I don't like the noon tips on Saturday. No, I hate them. I like the six o'clock. Why? Why do we have a week off? We don't have a. Am I correct? After Alabama, we don't play again till next Saturday against Vanderbilt. Really? Let me pull up the schedule here. We got Florida Tuesday, seven p.m. on ESPN. We've got Alabama at noon, and then they might make that a CBS game. Looks like there's no midweek game. Uh, the week of the 20th. That's weird. Yeah. I don't remember that ever happening. I mean, remember they used to have the, like the big 12 challenge sometimes would be thrown in there. But usually that was, that was on, on the weekend, weekend, right? Yeah, it was on a weekend and you kept the two game a week thing going. So that is, it's kind of strange. Play huh. Vanderbilt two weeks from today. Uh, owe them one. God, Memorial. Good. I'd forgotten about that last year. That hurt. All Phillips had to do was dunk that ball. Jesus. But he did it. I was I was in the student section that was maybe 35% full and watched them storm the court. That was that was miserable. I'm sorry. You had to sit through that, Dave. 
I did VR with you all right after that too. It was rough. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They, they at least didn't do a single file line onto the field as they stormed for that. Like they did against Florida. Bunch of dorks. Bunch of damn dorks. Remember when yeah. they had their little three-point record that year? And they they lost it against us. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing some some sad Georgia fans. I feel like we needed more crowd reaction shots at the end of that one. Some surrender cobras. They were into it, man. They were excited. They thought they, they were going to win. They thought they had that one. Oh, the they were. Way. They were fired up. You know what's wild is that what killed them was when I thought that they were going to call a foul. That guy was real handsy with with connect out near the half court line. Yeah, and we burnt a ton of the shot clock off, and then they fouled our best free throw shooter. Barnes was pissed when they didn't call that foul. Yeah. Good I'm glad they did it. The road warrior wasn't missing. No, connect was automatic from the free throw line. So was the Kai. Need some other guys to step up. It can't just be those two carrying us. You're going to have to get something from somebody. I mean, like, Vescovy's the one. Like, people, we've bunched Vescovy and Triple J together. It's like, oh, they're both struggling. And I know Triple J has had some big scoring games, but uh, like Vescovy is like the best three-point shooter in the conference two years ago. And you know he can really stroke it. I, I think he shoots from too deep. Like, he loves to shoot that just, you know, not even NBA three-pointer, like a, almost from half court. It's like, dude, get up get up on the line, work your shot, and, uh, and, and relax and stroke it, man, because we know he can. It's like he's got it. He's still passing up open looks. He's gotten in this habit of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back. He's not a great. Yeah. He, and I love the fakes. Like his fakes are so pretty and, and they always work, but it generally yeah. doesn't amount to much. I would like to see him just pull the trigger a little more. Yeah. And, and even when you fake, you don't, if you have a good fake, you, you don't have to dish it. Just square back up and drain one. Well, I don't know. I mean, he figures it out Tuesday. Big, big Triple J game. You can feel it coming, right? Triple J is going to have double digits easy Tuesday night. You could, you could Florida. Yeah. I'm, th- that's the thing. If you get, I, I just struggle to see us losing. If Triple J can, uh, let me rephrase. If Ziegler connector on, and then you get one of Triple J or Vescovy. I, d- I just struggle to see the team losing. If you get three of those guys to show up, really. Yeah. Cause what's a do averaging right now? He is averaging – he's actually second on the team with 11.3 points a game. Yeah, see, since he's gotten back from being, you know, he had the flu and then, you know, Rick or – I want to say it was one of the RTI guys that hit out a calf strain. But since he's gotten clear of that, I feel like he's been one of the more consistent guys. Triple J is leading the team in rebounds with seven a game and uh, Adu's right behind him with the 6.9. Yeah, today will help with that. No, I believe those are updated as of today. Oh, as of today. Yeah, we just got to we got to get uh, Connect and Ziegler some help. All right, boys. Nice talking with y'all. Big win today. Enjoy Our your balls. afternoon. Enjoy enjoy these playoff games, and uh, we will be back Monday. 3 p.m. on the drive. 
Check out our new morning show with John Reed and Bob Baskerville from 7 to 10 a.m. on Fan Run Radio. Download the free Fan Run app if you don't have that on your smartphone as uh, we will talk with you Monday. Thanks, Davey. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, thanks, guys. Stay warm. No problem, man.